Welcome to the Nurture Small Business Podcast. I'm your host, Denise Kagan, president of DCA Virtual Business Support. At DCA, we believe in small businesses and the families they support. Learn more at dcavirtual.com. Cassandra Quinn partners with companies to provide strategic and leadership advisory support. She helps optimize processes, improve sales, and trains business owners and teams to be more cohesive, effective, and engaged. This allows for increased productivity and profits where companies can create a greater and more meaningful impact. Cassandra Witt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So we met through uh, a mutual contact and we both um, are graduates of the Goldman Sachs alumni, the 10,000 small business program. And as we were having our initial conversation, I learned that you are a serial entrepreneur. You own multiple businesses, or at least two that I'm aware of. So before we jump into talking about authentic sales conversations, tell me about your other business. Yeah. So I have a children's theater. It's a traveling children's theater based here in Chicago. And we specialize in week-long theater experiences for kids where we take them from auditions to performance of a musical in just five days. And we use theater as a vehicle to help develop all of those wonderful skills that make us great humans, trust, empathy, responsibility, teamwork. And so I always say that I'm not in the business of training people to be theater professionals. I'm in the business of helping tiny humans become great humans. So uh, yeah, we're about to celebrate 10 years in May, believe it or not. I'm so excited to be at that milestone. Oh, congratulations. That is a huge milestone. As a matter of fact, um, we just celebrated 10 years in November. So yeah, my company did. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's really exciting. <laughs> and that's actually the business that I took through the 10,000 small business program too. Ah. And yeah, so that was what got me into that program. And that was the business I was focused on when I was going through 10KSB. So what prompted you to move into the consulting area? Yeah, so I just have such a heart for helping people uh, with those things I already mentioned, right? Those those ways that we connect, the ways that we are interacting with one another, and recognizing that uh, my mission in life is to help with those uh, ways that we connect with others, and that my first business really was one vehicle, theater with children, and that business could be another vehicle to do the same kind of work and and working with adults. And so, part of what prompted it was I just naturally fell into uh, some coaching and communication uh, training uh, type of work while I was doing my children's theater. So other theaters and other businesses uh, knew that I had some experience and expertise in communication, leadership, uh, sales. And so they would ask me to come in and do consulting. So it was just work that was coming to me. Um, and then I've also been a communication coach for the University of Chicago Pritzker School of Medicine for, I think, coming up on, I've lost track, six or seven years. Oh, wow. um, I love working with medical students there, uh, working on effective and empathetic communication. So it's just like kind of my life work. And so it sort of naturally started progressing into, oh, I'm seeing these opportunities for other businesses who need this kind of support. And honestly, it was a business that I wanted to start for a long time and just didn't have the bandwidth because 
<laughs> the children's theater took up a lot of my time. Uh, and so though I was doing that on the side and doing it uh, just here and there, um, when COVID hit, as you can imagine, the trifecta of oh. children and theater and traveling meant that that business started to function very differently and, and for the most part needed to go into hibernation mode. And so I finally had this golden window of opportunity to start this other business that I had wanted to, but didn't have the bandwidth. But like what really, that was a really long-winded answer to get to this point, which is when I went through 10KSB, that's where I saw how many of my fellow like uh, cohort members um, could benefit from the ways that I already knew I was working in other businesses. I was like, I should just do this. And so it had been kind of simmering in the back of my mind for a couple of years. And then I seized the opportunity once I had the bandwidth to do it. So, so that's fascinating. And I'm going to, I want to just ask a quick question. So now that as we're coming out of the pandemic is your children's theater business starting to rebound? It is, it is. So we made sure that we focused on maintaining and nurturing the relationships that we had um, throughout the pandemic. And so even though we weren't able to travel and be in the communities that we were used to being in every every year, um, I was really intentional about making sure I stayed connected. We built out virtual programs. We also built out a like DIY uh, kit for uh, last summer. We couldn't still travel to them, but we want some communities where they're already gathering in person. So getting creative about the ways that we could serve them even from a distance. Um, and then, yes, this summer we are uh, having a, well, as long as, as, as the pandemic continues to allow, trend the way it is, we will be back out on the road in uh, a much more similar fashion to what we were pre-pandemic. So, yeah. Awesome. And you said something interesting there. You said, I maintained the relationships and we made sure we communicated. And that's what your consulting business is all about. So it seems like you're so natural there. So let's let's go ahead and talk about how the authenticity and staying in touch and keeping those relationships plays into sales. Yeah, absolutely. So recognizing that the relationship comes first and foremost, and it's just about building relationships with people. And when we can focus on that and it being about that connection, then sales just becomes a lot more natural and a lot um, more accessible. I know that a lot of people have fear and discomfort around sales because of uh, their desire to be authentic, their desire to not be salesy, not to be icky. And so they shrink back from it and recognizing that when we can focus on, how do I say, recognizing it's okay to both have a goal and a desire to to do business and to sell. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, But also recognizing it's about that mutual benefit that you're bringing to the relationship. Um, I think that that's where it it really clicks and we have that kind of magic. So mutual benefit. Give me an example of that. Yeah. So recognizing that like every, every relationship in business or in sales, there's a mutual benefit, right? So I have a service in the case of my children's theater. I have the service of giving an arts enrichment opportunity and a social development opportunity to children, right? And so that is the benefit that I am providing to those families, to those children, to that community. And then 
just plainly the benefit that I'm receiving is their investment and they're valuing that and me making money from that and me being able to uh, use some of my areas of expertise to serve people. So that's, that's the mutual benefit. And then also recognizing that in a bigger picture, the mutual benefit is I believe that we as a whole are benefiting from that service together um, of how we're developing communication and empathy and all of those things within our students. I don't know if that answers your question clearly. (laughs) It did. I I think I was looking maybe for, you know, in the case of coaching a client, how did you coach them on bringing out mutual benefits? Maybe I should have been more explicit in the way I asked. (laughs) Thinking about recognizing that within our businesses, we are all solving a problem and recognizing that you are matching your solution to their problem. And that's our role as a salesperson is saying, let me, you're, you're sort of, we're all going into consultant mode when we're selling, right? Let, let me, or diagnosis mode, doctor mode, um, and being able to say, okay, let me hear what's going on in your business. Let me tell you what the solutions are that I provide. And we may find that there is a a mutual benefit, that match of solution and problem and looking for that opportunity to connect those dots. Did that answer your question now? (laughs) Yes, it does. So give me an example of some of the businesses that you work with. Yeah, absolutely. So I work with a wide range of different businesses, but I... And I'm pretty agnostic when it comes to industry or size of business. Uh, What I care about is making sure that we are laying all of the foundations or optimizing the foundations that are already there to increase. So um, an an example of a business that I worked with last year, a fellow 10KSV grad um, has a small insurance um, agency and uh, had a couple of of staff that was really... um, needing some support in sales skills training. And so, and she was also um, understaffed. And so I was able to come in, help her um, identify and hire the right folks and then train the new people as well as her current team and um, up-leveling their skills in sales so that by the time we finished working together, everybody um, was meeting and exceeding not only their sales goals, but all of the goals that they were setting for the team. Um, but then I also work with solopreneurs. And so people who they have to be their own salespeople. And we didn't, we usually don't get into business to be salespeople, <laughs> but it's it's part of the territory of being a business owner, especially when you're a solopreneur or um, you don't have a salesperson like that client did. So um, working with people who may be feeling um, less confident in how to go through any, any stage of sales. And one of the things that I do that both in sales teams, as well as a solopreneur, um, is give people space to do professional practicing, which I think is lacking in most sales training. And so we, we know it's the linchpin. We hear it all the time, practice, 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 but there are two ways that we usually are prompted to practice either, uh, with those in our life, like our you know, our friends, our colleagues practice with your husband, practice with your child, practice with your dog, right? Like, um, and practice is valuable regardless of what form it comes in, but there's certain degrees of value, right? Practicing the mirror is going to be different than practicing 
with your spouse, which is different than how your dog's going to respond. Right. (laughs) Um, And then, so that's one way we're told to practice, or we are in situations that we're either told to, or given the opportunity to do peer to peer practice. So we're all there learning together and we say, okay, now it's time to practice. And they pair you up. But the, the and so, again, so we're talking about role playing here. Yes, role playing. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Clarifying. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, so role playing. So let's practice this skill, this conversation, whatever it is. And then what happens is, again, you have two people who are feeling uncertain about their skills. And also, they're just not trained as a role player, as an improviser. And they're also not trained to perform as your ideal client or to give you feedback. And so Yes, it's valuable, but only to a certain to a certain degree of value, right? And so, what I do differently is because I I have the fortune of my first career being in theater, being Chicago based. I'm connected to the improv world. For those who don't know, Chicago is the improv capital of the world, um, and we have you know some of the highest caliber. Um, improv scene in, in, like I said, in the world. And so everything from second city to, uh, it no longer exists, but IO is very well known comedy, sports, annoyance theater. Um, and for those that don't know, like IO and second city or some of the places of annoyance where like Saturday night live goes to like recruit their talent. So that's the caliber of talent, um, that are performing at these, these different um, improv theaters. And uh, though I am not an improviser myself, uh, and that is only adjacent to my (laughs) my first career, um, I am fortunate to be connected to that world. And so when I got into this work, I knew how important it was for people to have high caliber experiences to hone their skills. And so I built out a whole structure for people to be able to work with professional improvisers who are also trained in corporate role play, understand it's not just about entertaining, not just about getting an audience, but who also have a lot of experience in corporate role play. Um, And then they come into my businesses or into my business and work with my clients so that they can get that that type of uh, practice. And what's really exciting about that is that they... um, those folks are often uh, almost always also trained as communication coaches. My primary ones are. And so when we come out of the role play, then they get to have professional feedback from two perspectives. The person who was in the conversation with them was trained to give that kind of feedback and myself, who is a third party observer. So I can see it from the outside. So that's one of the things I do that's a little bit unique and different in supporting my clients. That has me very intrigued. I do role playing with my team members and they tell me invariably they hate it. Okay. (laughs) But I also think it's important. And usually I make them, you know, speak to me as if I'm the client. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'm difficult. Sometimes I'm not, you know, I, I respond and I'm not trained. Okay. But I love when you said improv and I'm like, oh, the children's theater and this just collided. Sometimes people hear the different segments of my life and they're just confused. They're like, how does that all fit together? How did you go from here to here? But yeah, it's it's all one big, beautiful whole picture. <laughs> I love that. That is so unique and so different. So I had written down a couple of questions while you were talking. So let's jump back to sales hiring. So you do help with that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Fantastic. So if you were to 
talk to my listeners right now and say, hey, if you're looking for a salesperson, here are the one or two things I think are at the top of the list that you should be cognizant of? Yeah, I think that's first and foremost, like with all hiring, you want to prioritize company and culture fit above all else. And so regardless of their sales skills, regardless of their experience, if they are not a company and culture fit, do not hire them. Um, So really finding a process that you can evaluate that and screen for that. And then recognizing that, uh, I, I would say probably if I only get to choose two, besides hiring for company and culture fit, Look for somebody who is balanced in confidence and empathy. Because if you can find somebody who is balanced in in confidence and empathy, the rest of it is teachable. So I, I really, of course, it's great to have people who have experience, who are trained, um, who have a great sales track record. But honestly, if you can find somebody who has a high EQ, um, who also exudes a certain level of, of bravery and confidence, um, and they are a company culture fit, all of the rest of it is learnable. That is great advice. And I know that the latter part of it, those are things that you can actually test for. Is that not correct? Yeah, absolutely. And so there are different, different methods that you can utilize, um, in order to screen for some of those things. And some of them are more formal. Some of them are you know, more casual, but recognizing that you have to find the right process for your hiring. And I think that that's another thing that I would give advice to listeners is when you're trying to hire a salesperson or really anyone (laughs) is thinking about how have you systematized your own process? And if you haven't yet, then you are probably not setting that person up for success and or you need to make that part of your hiring conversations that they are coming into something that is being built and developed as they go and recognizing that that takes a higher skill level than somebody stepping into something that's already been built and tested out. Um, Because I think a lot of times when we've been doing our own sales, um, we're a little ad hoc about it. Um, And and we're also in our businesses. We understand it and we understand the intricacies of it. Um, And so nobody can have a sales conversation like we can, right? And so recognizing how do we download our brains in such a way to set up someone else to do that work with us or for us um, and making sure that you're setting them up for success. Um, cause I think that sometimes people hire salespeople going, I need to get this off my plate. It's one, one plate. I don't want to keep spinning myself and recognizing that. Placing a, that button in the seat is not going to succeed. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> Placing a button in the seat is not going to succeed. And, um, if you have not set up the right systems and process for that, um, all you've done is trade a sales hat for a, like, hands-on management hat. (laughs) And that probably is not going to save you the time that you think. And people set too high of expectations for, I think, new salespeople in business. So just managing expectations that there is going to be a learning curve, even if they are experienced, even if they are skilled, even if you do have your systems and process in place and recognizing that statistically um, a primary, meaning an owner, um, is going to almost always have a higher close rate than a secondary. 
And so do if you, if you're if you're like, well, I close 50% of my calls, it's because it's your business. And again, no one can have a sales conversation about your business like you can. Um, and recognizing that I actually like so I have conversations with people that sometimes are like that. They're like, well, I close 50%. So I would expect somebody to be closing at that rate too. Um, a I have to sometimes burst bubbles and say, if your systems and process and skills are not developed where you're closing at a 60 to 80% rate, you're underperforming as the primary. (laughs) Um, And I know that I have to say it nicely and I have to, I don't want to like completely deflate a person or break them down, but recognizing that that means that there's probably something in the system, the process, or your own skill as a salesperson that needs to be honed. And so bragging about a 40 or 50% close rate um, as a primary has to be reframed (laughs) sometimes. (laughs) Um, So uh, recognizing that just to manage expectations um, around performance while making sure you're setting people up for success. Absolutely. And so in that same vein of bringing on new people, you mentioned upscaling the salespeople. So again, one or two pieces of advice, say I just hired somebody and I realize, hey, you know, they don't, you know, I know they need the guidance, but they need some upskilling. What would, what would I want to focus on? I think that it's difficult to know depending on what, that's a hard question to answer because there's so many places where things could be underperforming, right? So you would want to really first do an analysis to say, where is the process breaking down? Uh, Is it that they are stereotypically people who are good at closing sales are not great at paperwork? (laughs) And so is it, is it a paperwork problem? Is it a, a, is a data tracking problem or is it, is it that, um, there's something about the conversation. They're having great conversations, but they're not closing. Um, so really kind of honing in on what the issue is and then supporting them individually, I guess, is the advice I would give generally of trying to pinpoint the problem rather than trying to stay zoomed out and go, I have a skills problem, right? <laughs> um, but making sure that they feel empowered to know how to have a roadmap for a conversation I like to talk about it as roadmaps rather than scripts. Um, I think that scripting sales conversations takes the humanity out of it, but you do have to have a framework. Otherwise, it's all over the place and they miss things. So making sure that that framework or guideposts are there um, and that they feel comfortable in knowing how to use it. And then I think making sure that they know how to have a threaded conversation, I think is probably one of the most valuable skills. I would say that like, if I was just going to universally say everyone in sales needs to be able to have X skill um, and can always be honed. And so a threaded conversation is being able to um, A, know what your goal is going in. So that is both your super objective. I would like to obviously have a sale, but recognizing that that may not be where you're headed today, there might be some milestone goals. Uh, First of all, I might need to qualify this person. Are they even a good fit? So I shouldn't be trying to make a sale until I've accomplished that goal of, are they even a good fit? So going in and recognizing you need to know what your goal is of the conversation and knowing the right kinds of questions to ask to move yourself in that conversation towards that goal. And then the threaded conversation piece is always listening for something that that person is saying 
that propels you towards that question that you need in order to get towards the goal. So it's reaching for that um, nugget sometimes is what I call it of whatever they've given you and go, ah, that's the thread that I'm going to pull on threaded conversation that is going to help move us from where we are here towards my goal. Gotcha. Okay. So, and I'm putting you on the spot completely. Can you give me a success story? Tell me about somebody you've worked with and how it's helped them. And of course, obviously not give their names. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, or within the context of, of sales training, is that what you're asking? Yes, about? Please. Mm-hmm. Of course. So I had a, a client that I worked with last year who, because she's such a loving and empathetic human, she always shrunk from sales conversations because she didn't want people, like I said earlier, to feel icky, to feel pushed, uh, to feel uncomfortable. So when she came to me, uh, there was just a lot of, uh, of that inner work, that prep work that I think that we have to do. And part of that prep work is, is doing that inner work of clearing our own baggage about our own feelings around sales. Because if we are bringing that baggage in, there's not room for that other person's baggage. <laughs> and on a sales conversation, we're there to help them work through their own fears and uh, around buying. So if you're bringing your own fears in for, around buying and selling, there's not space for theirs. So that's where we started <laughs> um, in, in that prep work and recognizing that uh, she went from not even feeling comfortable booking sales calls, not even feeling comfortable asking for those to by the time that we were uh, finished working together, feeling really comfortable through that practice, that, that like uh, role play that we talked about um, and developing that roadmap for herself, that she was consistently closing her sales and recognizing that she needed to raise her rates and was able to triple her rates. <laughs> Amazing. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. Okay. So before we sign off for the today, Cassandra, can you let our listeners know how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my website is just my first and last name, CassandraQuinn.com. So that's a Cassandra with a C and two S's, uh, CassandraQuinn.com. I'm also very easy to find on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Those are the social media platforms I play on most and post on most. Um, And I'm typically doing updates about what I'm doing in my business there. Perfect. We'll make sure all of that's also in the show notes. So it's easy to find. And Thank you so much for this lively conversation. Uh, Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thank you for joining me for today's Nurture Small Business podcast, where the focus is on business growth, technology, and people strategies to help your business thrive. At DCA Virtual Business Support, our focus is making your business operations run smooth so you can focus on growth. Reach out to me at denise at dcavirtual.com if you'd like to learn more.